I'll try to do that. Well, good evening. It's good to be with you. This is one of our favorite churches. Uh, we, we were pulling in tonight, and the girls were all excited. We're in Tennessee, and we're going to Pleasant Beach. And so we want you to know how grateful we are for your love for our family. I, you, please hold the tomatoes, because we're, we're not staying very long. Uh, unfortunately, in our part of the world, when uh, you get the green light to go, you've got to go, and you've got to go as quickly as possible. And we have been working and waiting for the visa. No, that's not the opposite of a Discover card. That is like permission to actually get into the country. And we've been waiting for that, and that came through miraculously. The man who's been helping us, he went through the Ministry of Interior, or Ministry, I think Ministry of Interior this time, and it worked. And so we were expecting probably not even to be able to go until June or possibly even July. The Lord opened the door, and we're going to walk through it. And as you know, there's a lot that goes, a lot, there's lots that in, is involved in that. And so it adds a whole new layer of sort of complication, I guess, just trying to keep the visas current. And so when they say go, you go as quickly as you can because now the clock is ticking. And we had hoped to spend a little more time here and spend a little more time with, with y'all and, and just be around here because we feel like, in a sense, this is our home church. And I don't say that lightly. I mean that. And you have invested in us. You've loved us. And we're so grateful for that. And we love you. And uh, we had hoped to spend a little more time, but the Lord has seen fit to open the door, and so we're going to walk through. My girls are all anxious to get back and to see their puppy, and so that kind of uh, is, the, is the big trump card, I guess, on all this. And getting back and getting busy for the Lord. I'm joking a little bit, but the girls are very excited about getting back. And we've all been praying and working and waiting, really. And I've learned a lot of lessons in the pause. We had no plans for all of this, but we have our plans and God has His plans. We rule and God overrules, and we must accept that. We must take that from Him. I, I was just talking to Jocelyn, we were praying here just a little bit ago, and I just, I, I, it's hard for me to even wrap my mind around the fact that we're going back to Baghdad. We've talked about it for so long, we've been working towards this for about 10 years. And learning Arabic and work, still working on that. And we're all rusty. But uh, we've been working and preparing to try to get to Baghdad for the better part of about 10 years. And so it's almost still this dream, dream state. I'm sure it'll hit us the first IED or the first rocket. So uh, you pray for us. And uh, it'll be exciting. We're hoping our next new year does not start with the bang that last year started with. And so I know that you're praying I will say this, if you don't receive our emails, please be sure to let us know. Get signed up for those. Those are free tonight, tonight only. Uh, if you try to sign up tomorrow, it'll be 50 cents a pop. Also, we've started a kind of a, uh, a intimate group where uh, we've called it the Trell Family Prayer Band. And we're making things, uh, prayer requests and answers to prayer and kind of the inside scoop. If you want the inside scoop, you've got to sign up for that. And so... If uh, that's a, a special program with a, a secure way to, to sign up and secure message back and forth. And so if you'd like to sign up for that, please be sure to let us know. Did we bring the van over? 
Okay, so we probably need to get a couple of prayer cards before the service is over. So if you'd like to get a prayer card, we'll have a couple on the, on the back table there. But the truth is we need prayer. Missionaries say that. But the reality is, friends, we can move heaven and earth. We can speak to the one who spoke the world into existence. We can speak to him. And when we speak, he promises to listen and to hear and to answer our prayer, not always according to the way we pray. But if we approach him on the basis of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, he promises to hear. And the great work in God's work is the work of prayer. It's frankly, it's a boring subject to many people. We think, well, the preacher's going to preach on prayer tonight. Oh, check out. <laughs> the reality is it is the greatest force for God's work that we have at our fingertips. And uh, I, I, I trust you'll pray for us. I, I, know, I know that you are. And I'm asking you to continue doing that. And I'm asking you to walk with us through this and, and ask the Lord to do something big. We want to see God do something. I don't just want to get the, I lived in Baghdad badge, right? We want to see God do something. And we're excited to get back. The girls are, are excited. Stephen's about excited as he can be. He'll be able to toddle all over and deal with the Shiite militias. And they'll, they'll think he's just the cutest thing, I'm sure. And so I can't wait to, to see how all that goes. Turn with me, if you would, please, to Matthew chapter number 27. It's a dangerous thing to not have a clock. Am I missing it? And I say this every time I get up here, but I, I don't see a clock, and that's not good. So I'm going to try to be very aware of the time. Matthew chapter number 20, did I say 27? 28 is where I want to go. We come to certain portions of Scripture, and often these portions of Scripture are so familiar to us that we lose the meaning of it. You know what I mean? We're so familiar with these certain portions of Scripture We've heard them so many times that it's almost lost its effect on us. I'm learning so much of this being in the, in the part of the world where we are is the great power in witnessing to people is the power of story. It's the power of the stories that you and I have, most of us have heard from the time we were, we were in diapers. The stories of the miracles, the stories of the parables, the stories of what Jesus did and his disciples and the story of creation and Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and Moses and Abraham. These stories with which we are so familiar, they've lost their effect on us. But we can't allow ourselves to become numb to the Word of God. We cannot allow familiarity to rob us of what God is trying to do. I was sitting in the church service on Sunday morning. I was not preaching and the preacher asked us to turn to this particular passage of Scripture. And often my habit is to read ahead or read behind or just try to get a little more context because you can only cover so many things in the time allotted. And the preacher was preaching and he was preaching about the resurrection. He was talking about uh, these, this verse, this passage of Scripture here in Matthew 28. And I'd like to read it. But God really directed my attention to a couple of these verses here, and I'd like to just share those with you. Nothing fancy, no fancy outline, but just a few thoughts from the Word of God. Matthew 28, verse number 1. The Bible says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it, is, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, 
came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, who was, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall ye see him. And lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. What a powerful passage of Scripture. Here we come to the Word of God and we see that in the pages of Holy Scriptures, the power of the resurrection is demonstrated. The Lord Jesus is alive. So often we talk about this phrase, He is not here, for He is risen. Aren't you glad the Lord Jesus is alive? He did not just go to the cross. He did not just die and give His life. He resurrected by His own power and He came forth with power out of the grave and He is alive. Has it ever dawned on you the power of the resurrection? The Apostle Paul said that I may know Him. His desire was that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. There's great power in the resurrection. What we believe is not like any religion in the world. By the way, we are not followers of religion. We are not adherents to a religion. We are truly people who are following a person. Young people, I would encourage you, don't, don't latch on to this idea that we are following religion. We are following the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's alive. These religions around the world are tricks of Satan to blind the eyes of the lost, to keep them in captivity, to keep them in his prison. But you and I who know the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ rising from the dead, he's alive. And we have victory. We have power. We have salvation because he is alive. We often live like he's still dead. We often live like he has no power of his own, but that's not true. He's alive and he came forth. He's not here for he is risen. I listened to the preacher on Sunday morning and listened to his words and I was so encouraged. I was thinking about the power of the resurrection. But then the Lord arrested my attention with some of these other words that are found here in what the angel said. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 4. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake. Here's the Lord Jesus. The stone is rolled away. With great power, he comes out of the grave. He uh, descends from heaven, came and rolled, uh, the, the angel of the Lord descends from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Think about being those, those, those soldiers. Think of what they were dealing with. And for great fear, the Bible says, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Yes, I'm in agreement with them. That's probably what I would have done. The angel answered and said unto the women, so here are the women who have now come to the, to the tomb. 
Notice the first words that the angel speaks to the women. Fear not ye. Fear not ye. So often in Scripture when you find encounters with angels or even Christophanies where the Lord Jesus is appearing in flesh and human form prior to His incarnation, we see these words are the first words that are uttered. Fear not. We as God's people ought not to live in fear. This is a day of great fear. This is a day of great turmoil. And by the way, the days are going to be more challenging. The only constant in our world that things is that things are not constant. The fact that things are changing. I don't like change. You probably don't like change. We don't like change. But we are not creatures who have been created for the temporal. We are creatures who have been made in the image of God and we are eternal. And our eternality, or our, our, our eternal, the fact that we are eternal beings ought to remind us that we ought to find our satisfaction in the unchangeable God while we walk on this changeable sod. While we're walking this earth in this changing world, we can find our confidence in Him. But notice what, he, what the angel says. He's not here for He is risen, as He said. Then He offers an invitation And he says this, come, see the place where the Lord lay. I want you to enter into the, I want you to enter into the tomb where just a few hours ago the body of the Lord Jesus was laid. I want you to come and see the place where he was. See where he was laying. He's not here anymore. He's alive. Thank the Lord for that. But the angel says, come see the place where the Lord lay. But friends, it doesn't stop with an invitation just to come and see, just to observe, just to look at what happened, something that transpired. It doesn't stop there. He continues. Notice what he says in verse number 7. Verse 6, he says, come see. Verse number 7, he says, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye shall, shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. The invitation to come and see continues with the command to go and tell. They were invited into the tomb to see the place where the Lord lay. But then they were commanded to turn around. Now go tell his disciples what you've witnessed. Why his disciples? Why not the world? Someone's got to be the messenger. Someone who is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is the carrier of that messenger. So his disciples need to hear. The Bible says, verse 8, And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. There's a lot in this passage of Scripture. I don't want to get sidetracked. But notice what they, the verse says. And they did what? They did run. Here's Mary and Mary and they're trucking. They're moving. What are they doing? They're running to obey. They're running because they had been given a command and they had seen something. They had seen the empty tomb. They had observed, but it could not stop with an observation. It had to move into action. It had to move into obedience. The Bible says as they went, verse number 9, as they went to tell. Now here they are. They're trucking. They're moving. They are, the Bible says, they are running. People in the Middle East don't run, especially old men. They float. 
They're regal. Have you ever seen a Saudi visit the White House? Have you ever seen a, a, a delegation from the Middle East come and visit some, some president in the West or something? They all have their long flowing robes and their snoots are really high and their, their, their head coverings are very perfectly balanced and their robes are flowing. They float. They're not floating. They're running. Why? They are running to obey what they have been commanded to do. And as they're in the way, verse 9, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Here they are. They're on the way. They're in the middle of obeying what the angel had said. And Jesus himself appears to them and says to them, I want you to continue what you're doing and go and tell my brethren, I have appointed a place in Galilee. I want you to send them there. I want you to give them a message from me. They're now delivering not just the angel's message. They're not just delivering what they had seen. They are now literally carrying the very words of Jesus, the Messiah himself, because they heard him for themselves. Look at verse number 11. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. You could also, in the Greek, the, the, if you dig into the Greek of this, the, some of the watch, you could also put it into the Greek, snitches. That was a joke. These, these sniveling little snitches who are, they're, they're responsible to watch everything and tattletale on everything. They come into the city and they're bearing word and they come to the, the chief priests and they show unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this has come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. You've never seen a sadder scene than Orthodox Jews who believe every word of the Old Testament except Isaiah chapter 53, the forbidden passage of Scripture, the forbidden chapter. They believe it, they read it, they weep it, and they bob and they pray at the wailing wall and you can hear them wailing, you can hear them praying and they will not stop moving and they put prayers into the wall. You've never seen a sadder form of religion. People who, are, who have in their hands the very word of truth and yet they've rejected the truth and the Bible says even unto this day it's been reported that Jesus' body was stolen. Ask a Jewish person what they believe about Jesus. That, oh, he's a farce. Some might give him the credence that he was a fairly decent rabbi. If they're honest, they'll say he was, one of the, he was the master rabbi. But they'll say he was stolen or, or his, his disciples stole his body or something. This is not true. They do not believe the scriptures. The Bible says, verse number 16, Then the eleven went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
Here are the disciples. They've come face to face with the risen Messiah, their risen rabbi, the one they have followed for three and a half years. They see him face to face. He's alive. Here he is bodily in front of us. Remember, come, see, go, tell. They see Jesus. Jesus begins to speak to them. And he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Aren't you glad that Jesus literally has all power? The the powerful people of this world are trying to figure out. This is not conspiracy. This is truth. The powerful people of this world are trying to figure out how to get more power. They're trying to figure out how to take over. That's, That's a fact. Read their things. Every time I'm tempted to be discouraged by the power grabs and the the struggle of the evil and all those things that are taking place in our world, I must remember that Jesus said, all power is given unto me. He has the real power. He has the true power. And he holds the keys of death and hell and the grave. He is the victor and it is he who we follow. And he promises to give it to us if we will follow him. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. But he doesn't stop there. Notice what he says in verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And Matthew, God's messenger in this particular book of the Bible says, Amen. And I'm saying to you, dear friends, it's not enough to observe the resurrection. It's not enough to observe the empty tomb. We must do something with what we have observed. We cannot just come and see. We must go and tell. And the problem in our churches, the problem in our pews is not a personnel problem. It's not a financial problem. It is a heart problem. It is a disobedience problem because we have seen, but we are living lying lives because we are telling a lost world when we do not speak, I have seen nothing. Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me. He said, you're you're to be my witnesses. And when we do not witness, we give testimony that we have not witnessed anything. Do you understand the difference? We cannot be content to just come and see. We must be people who go and tell. And the disciples came and saw. The disciples went and told the other disciples, but when they come face to face with Jesus, he says, remember, all power is given unto me, and I'm telling you this is my world, and I'm sending you into my world with my commission, with my authority, with my power to do my work. Friends, you know how, do you know how the first century world was literally turned upside down? Do you remember the book of Acts when some of the disciples came into the city and the people were mocking and they said, these, uh, the, the, the ones who have turned the world upside down, they've come hither also. 
How is it that in the first century, with no printed full complete Bible, with no internet, with no sound systems, with no gospel tracts, with no public church buildings, they literally got the message to the ends of the earth? It wasn't the pastors, it wasn't even the missionaries. Pardon me, it wasn't Peter and Paul and James and John. They were catalysts, they were leaders. But the gospel got to the corners of the earth because some people had seen with their eyes. They got it in their heart. And they said, we cannot just let it sit in there and and die. We must do something with what we have seen. We must do something with what we've heard. Do you remember the apostles in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John? are beaten, they're they're mistreated, they're arrested. The Bible says Peter and John are answering the leaders for Acts chapter 4 and verse 19. Take the time to read this entire passage later. But they commanded them, verse 18, do not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Don't mention this name. Don't speak in this name. And Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now I want to ask you, have you seen something in your life Have you seen a risen Savior? Has He changed you? Has He done something in your heart and in your life? Then you and I have an obligation to obey the already given command of go. Go is not just for the missionary. Go is not for the pastor. Go is for all of God's people who have seen. And if you've seen... You are to go. Where are you to go? You are to go right where God's placed you. And the reality is pastors across our nation spend so much time trying to work up God's people and trying to motivate God's people just to do what ought to be the natural outgrowth of what we've already seen. What did the angel say? Come, see, come in. Observe. See where the Lord once was. But now I want you to go and tell his disciples. And friends, it doesn't stop with the angel's command. We have seen the Lord Jesus ourselves. And it is he who says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I'm the one with all authority. I'm the one with the keys to the kingdom. I'm the one with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And I'm commanding you to go. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. You know the great part of all this that Jesus has given us to do? He says, I'm going to go with you. And I'm saying to you, dear friends, as we go out from you, to take the gospel to another group of people, they are part of this all. 
There are still hard places around this world that have not yet been given the access to the gospel that you and I have been granted. And I'm saying that my prayer is that God would stir up some young people. He'd stir up some middle-aged people, some young married couples to say, Lord, you've already given us a command. Could we go to... And you know what God's probably going to say? He's probably going to say, yep. Not only can you go, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be your authority. I'm going to be your power. I'm going to open up the door for you. And with God's help, that's exactly what we're going to do. And I honestly... There's lots of things people try to glamorize about the work, but the reality is we're just trying to take that message that we've been given and just take it to another group of people that have not been given the same message that you and I've been given over and over and over. And all we're trying to do is just go tell some other people about what we've seen. And I would ask you to pray. I would ask you to seek the Lord on our behalf, that He would open the door, and that He would get great glory. We're excited about it. But look, the work of the ministry is not just for the pastor and the pastor's wife. The work of the ministry is not just for the missionary. It's for all of us. And God has given you an opportunity. He's given you a sphere of influence, a group of people that nobody on this earth can reach except you. And the question for you and for me is, are we being obedient in the matter of speaking about that which we have seen with our eyes, about that which we have experienced? Come, see, but let's go and tell. Let's pray together, may we?